Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name. Hallowed be your name. Rock of ages, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name, great and mighty God. Hallowed be your name, all-sufficient one. Hallowed be your name, shepherd of my soul. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name, great and mighty one. Hallowed be your name, all-sufficient God. Hallowed be your name, shepherd of my soul. Hallowed be your name, before your throne, Almighty God, loving Father, loving us all, to you we pour
of your word that gives light and understanding to the simple. Grant, O God, that your word will enter into our hearts and grant that light will be given to us. O that your candle upon our life will burn brighter. O that your candle upon our lives will burn brighter so that by your light we will walk through darkness. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Hallelujah. Awesome time in God's presence. Yeah. Um, we, we began to consider the principles of the doctrine of Christ I think sometime three weeks ago, right? Three weeks ago. And... Um, we considered the first installment, which we titled, of course, we lifted it from the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, from verse 1 and 2. Uh, we, titled, um, we titled the first one, according to scriptures, we titled it Repentance from Dead Works. Yeah, Repentance from Dead Works. And now we have been considering faith towards God. So the topic that we are on is faith towards God. So we try to explain what faith is. I think that was last Sunday. We we'll talk about what faith is. Uh, and um, today, by the grace of God, we are yet going to be considering. We are yet going to be considering um, faith towards God. Uh, something very striking, just to remind ourselves again. The first. The, that the part one of faith towards God, one of our major emphasis was that it is by faith that we receive God. And in receiving God, one of the things that we must receive, you know, like scripture says, with all that getting, get understanding. One of, in all our receiving, one of the things that we must receive from God is forgiveness. Yeah. Praise the name of Jesus. All right, so today we are going to still consider faith towards God. And um, there is something we stumbled upon when we were studying, and um, I would like us to explore that terrain. God opened that terrain for us. So I'd like us to explore it. And by the grace of God, we will maximize everything there is for us to maximize. Amen. So we're going to be looking at the book of Hebrews, chapter Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, where that entire chapter of Hebrews was dedicated to our subject of interest, faith. So 
I think it will be good for us to consider it's Hebrews chapter 11. Now, we are going to be doing a lot of uh, we are going to be considering a lot of things maybe uh, my span to the end of this year will just be in this Hebrews chapter 11 to the end of the year. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. You know, the year is almost rounded up, so it's not that very far. But I'm even still trusting God I will be able to finish before the end of the year. Amen. So that as we are entering the new year, I will just kick off with a new study. And let, let me quickly announce by God's grace, next year, for our Sunday meetings, we're going to be considering the book of John. That's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be doing a, a chapter by chapter study on the book of John. And um, the reason why we chose John is because, of course, yeah, we're trying to explain the gospel again. But the reason why we chose John is because John was not given a synoptic gospel. You know, John is the only gospel that is a non-synoptic gospel. The other ones were a synoptic gospel. But John was not given a, a synoptic gospel. So John basically was explaining Jesus. So his gospel was an explanation of Jesus. Amen. But let's leave that till um, next year as God will grant grace for that. Amen. All right, Hebrews chapter 11. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2. It says, for by it the elders obtained a good report. For by it the elders obtained a good report. For by this faith the elders obtained a good report. By it the elders obtained a good report. And the first thing I would like to say to us is that faith, faith is the mechanism. Faith is the mechanism by which we obtain a good report. Faith is the mechanism by which we obtain what? A good report. And now this is it. You see. Faith may not always produce a good result. Amen? Amen. Faith may not always produce a good result. In quote now, in quote. Going by our going by our our average definition of results. Going by our average definition of results, when it you know Results that you know the eyes can see and you know, the ears can hear, results that are tangible, results that will make for the betterment of our lives. Faith may not always produce that result, but faith will 100% of the time produce a good report. Now, a good report and a good result are not necessarily the same thing. Hallelujah. A good report is the testimony of a life. Whereas a good result may be the testimony 
of an achievement. It may be the testimony of an attainment. It may be the testimony of a thing that has been acquired. However, a good report has to do, wall to wall has to do with the testimony of the person. So, much more than the things faith produces, the, the, the original outcome of faith is to make a good report out of a person's life. Praise the name of Jesus. The original thing faith is supposed to produce is to produce a good report out of my life and your life. So the Bible says, by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. And the elders that he was talking about there were not elders that the scripture left us to wonder about. He gave, a, the, the scriptures gave a comprehensive list of the elders in question. The scripture gave what a comprehensive list of the elders in question. And now, if we understand God very well, one of the things that we will realize is that God pays attention to what people think about you. Amen? Of course, the opinion of men about you is not the golden opinion. The opinion of God about you is the anchor opinion. However, God also wants us to be a people who are devoid of offense towards him and towards men. And so people like Samuel, who was captured in this scripture, at the end of his life, the Bible made us to understand that Samuel stood and he said to the children of Israel, he said to them that if I have ever taken any man's thing by covetousness, or if I have ever defrauded any man, let the man come out. And nobody among all the children of Israel is even, sorry, inclusive of the people that did not like him, no one came out. In other words, Samuel, was it Samuel like I said? It was Samuel, right? In other words, Samuel lived his life without covetousness. Now, you will not, we may, we may not be able to appreciate that thing that Samuel did until we realize that Samuel grew up in a house that was laden with covetousness. That the sons of Eli that were at that were the young men in the house and the priests in the house that he was supposed to be looking up to, aspiring to be. The Bible made us to understand that they were sons of Belial. Their eyes were upon the goods of the people. In short, their eyes were on the sacrifices that the people were coming to offer to the Lord. And so for someone to come out of such a home and out of such a training ground and not be stained with covetousness for him, it was a big deal. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. So the Bible says it is by faith that the elders obtained the good report. Now, if you check the book, the entire book of Hebrews chapter 11, you will not see one man who at the end of their lives, who at the end of their lives, who at the end of their lives did not have a strong relationship with God. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. If you check, you won't see any man who at the end of his life did not have a good relationship with God. 
For example, Saul is not mentioned here. Saul is not mentioned in this book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And so many other people who were features in the Old Testament but were not, were not, um, but were not, um, so, sorry, but did not really end their race well. So the Bible, we, the Bible now tells us in the book of Genesis how that when God sent Abraham out of his father's house into a land that he would show him, the Bible made us to understand that Saul, um, Lot went with him also. But now in the book of Hebrews, God will not be talking about faith and God will inspire the writer of Hebrews, which I believe is Paul, God will inspire the writer of Hebrews to remember Abraham and not remember Lot. Whereas when both of them started, they started the journey together. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. But you see, for Abraham, it was a journey of faith. For Lot, it was not a journey of faith. And this is what I want to say. I want to say that even if her hand is tied in hand, even if there is a relationship we have with the person, even if there is a reunion we have with the person, even if we belong to a group, in that group, everybody must make their journey a journey of faith. What I'm trying to say is that if you belong to a missionary group and that missionary group is sent to Meduguri to go and do missions, it is not enough for you to go in that, in the cloud of that group. Everyone in that group must take up their faith and go for that journey. Meaning that all of us can be going towards a direction and for you it will be a journey of faith whereas for me it is not a journey of faith. And at the end of the day, if it is not a journey of faith, the difference is going to be very clear. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. And this is one of my favorite examples whenever, whenever I come to this point. You are a woman, your husband is into ministry, and you've seen from his demeanor, from his carriage, from, from what he says, from his passion, you see that He's following after this ministry based on his faith. In other other words, for him, this ministry is a journey of faith. Don't just tag along and say, what do we do? If we don't go now, they will say, we are not supportive. No. You must also take that journey as a journey of faith. If not, at the end of the day, you are going to burn out. The same thing for a man. If your wife is going on a journey of faith, it could even be that she has an infirmity. There's an infirmity she has. There's a sickness she's suffering. But for her, it is a journey of faith. Don't just console. You know, you know, the, way, the, way, you know the way people just console. Don't just console and look pele pele. You have to follow through with her on that journey of faith. If you do not follow through with her on that journey of faith, when God comes to reward faith, the difference will be clear. When God comes to reward faith, the difference will be clear. And so every one of the children of Israel came out of Egypt. All of them came out of Egypt. And they were heading where? They were heading to where? The promised land. The exodus was massive. Of course, I've heard theologians, and I think even Pastor Mark said some people remained. But okay, let's just 
We go by what scripture tells us explicitly. So the children of Israel came out of Egypt after that Passover, right? All of them came out of Egypt and their aim was to cross over into the promised land. However, it, it will amaze you that, you know, the, some people have estimated them at 2 million, some people have estimated them at 3 million. But it would amaze you that out of that 3 million, there were not up to 10 that took that journey as a journey of faith. There were not up to 10 that took that journey as a journey of faith. As a matter of fact, there were 12 people that were sent as spies to go and spy the promised land. When they got back, 10 had a bad report. Only two had a good report. And you know what? It was by the mercy of God that God made Moses to select. Now, I want to clear explain something. It was not that. It was not that when Joshua and Caleb went to the promised land and came back and said, these people are bred for us. Let us go up at once for we are well able to take the land. It was not there that they became people of faith. It was not that they saw the giant and their stubbornness just came out and they said, no, uh, we are not scared. No, that was not what they were doing. It was by the mercy of God because secretly in their camp, in their tent, secretly in their tent, in their camp, where they were having discussions and conversations with their friends in the camp, where they were having conversations with, you know, just flippantly talking about maybe the state of the affairs of children of Israel, just talking. God had listened into their conversation and God knew that these two people were people who had faith to get into the promised land. So when God was going to, when God was going to, no, when Moses was going to send spies to go and spy the land, it was by, the, it was by divine providence that both of them were included in the spies that left. Praise the name of Jesus. It was by divine providence that both of them were included in the spies that left. You know what? Had it been Joshua and Caleb were not among those 12 that went there, all of them would have come back with an evil report. And God sent, oh God, thank you, Jesus. God sent, God sent Joshua and Caleb to go with them to spy the land because God needed to maintain a remnant upon which his promises would still remain valid to them. Had it been all of them that went there, eh, came back with an evil report, it would not have been possible for them to have entered into the promised land. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, in case we may think that what would not happen to Joshua and Caleb because they had faith to enter into the promised land, you know what God will do? God will look for another means to sort them out. For example, God says to Moses, go and deliver my people out of the hand of Pharaoh. Moses goes and delivers his people. The people come to the wilderness and they begin to offer sacrifices to idols. Moses hears about it and goes to God to intercede for the people. God gives Moses an offer. He said, leave, he t- God said to Moses, he said, leave me. Let me wipe out these people from the face of the earth. He said, then I will form a new people and you will still be a ruler over them. Have you seen that scripture before? God was saying that I can exterminate the children of Israel and I will bring out a new set of people and I will still place you a ruler over them. Of course, Moses did not take that offer that God gave to him. And Moses said, if you will not have mercy on this people, why my name away from the book of life? 
Praise the name of Jesus Christ. So when God needed to preserve a remnant for himself, a remnant upon which his promises will still remain valid, what he did was to ensure that Joshua and Caleb would be part of those spies. And so because two of them came with a good report, the possibility for Israel to enter into the promised land was retained. The possibility for Israel to enter into the promised land was retained. And Siba, you know, for example, if a doctor had performed a surgery, I don't really understand medicine. Should I use another example? Okay, let me use your, your example. Let me use your own example now. Or you are climbing a tower. You know, I, I might be standing down and I see that you climbed the, the tower and then you came back down. And I'm like, hey, yeah, wow. Climb tower, you fix everything and you came back down. But I might not know that when you were climbing the tower, there was a time that you wanted to put your leg on a particular step and your leg slipped and you almost fell. I might not know that there was a time that you were on the tower and maybe the rope that you were using to hold yourself began to lose. And somehow you were able to manage and stay. But what I will see is that you went up and you came down. Now you now will know the point of delicateness you encountered in climbing that tower and coming back down. The same way, we have seen that Jesus came out of Israel and salvation was manifested to us through Israel. Through Jesus that came out of Israel. But we may, what we may not know is that at several points, the children of Israel had delicate moments where it was only the mercy of God that rescued that promise that God made to Abraham. It was only the mercy of God that rescued it. One of those delicate moments is a moment like this. A moment when the spies were sent. It was a, it was a Israel escaped by the whiskers. You know, in that moment, it was when Balak went to call Balaam to pronounce a curse upon them. It was a very delicate moment. You know why? Because when Balaam came to pronounce the curse, there was no iniquity in the camp. There was no iniquity in the camp. So he could not pronounce a curse upon them. So what he now did, because he, saw, you know, he was a prophet that knew how spiritual things work, because he saw that this was what was happening, you know what he did? He made Balak, Balak to make the Moabites or Moabite women to come and entice the children of Israel to be seduced. Now when they were seduced, see what happened. When they were seduced and they began to sleep with them, and they began to worship the gods of the Moab. See what happened. It was no longer, Balaam did no longer have a reason to curse them. Neither did Balak had, Balak had a reason to fight with them. What happened was that the wrath of God was poured into the camp. And until the Levites came out and nipped that in at the board, it was going to burn continually. And all of Judah and Israel would have been wiped out. So when, when Balaam saw that a curse could not be pronounced, what he did was to, make, was to make the children of Israel to stumble against the Lord. And the Bible says it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the Lord. And of course, you know he was judged for that. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. That's another delicate moment. Another delicate moment was when, when Achan had that thing in the camp. 
when he saw that piece of cloth that was fine and he did it. Now, the, 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 the city of Ai was not half, I believe, was not half as sophisticated as Jericho that came down. It was, this is how I know, Joshua so underestimated it that he didn't send the full complement of the army. Just sent a few people. But the people, the people were discomfited and they began to run. Do you know what Joshua said? Paraphrase. Joshua said, alas, for the army of the Lord have turned their back against their enemies. It was an abomination for an army of the Lord, the army which the Lord is in, to turn their back against their enemies and begin to run. It was not that a lot of them were killed. It was that when they ran, from their enemies, Joshua knew the implication because Joshua said that if this news goes abroad, then people will know that the Lord has left us. That was his only concern. He said, People will know that the Lord has left us. So it was clear to Israel that their victories were by the Lord. It was also clear to the people around that it was not because Israel had a great army, it was because the Lord was fighting with them. So when they turned back against their enemies, Joshua began to inquire of the Lord. And that was how Achan was pointed out. Now, had it been Joshua did not inquire of the Lord, still the children of Israel would have been exterminated. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. So the first aspect of this report I'm talking about is that when we follow through with God, our life will become a testimony to God. Our life will become a testimony to God. And obtaining or obtaining a good report, rather, obtaining a good report will be predicated upon the report of whom we believe. And that is why faith is very, very important to obtaining a good report. Because before you now can begin to talk about obtaining a good report, you yourself, you must have believed a good report. And a good report in this context is the report of the Lord. Scripture says, who had believed our report? And unto whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? So, I must first of all believe the report of the Lord. Now, when I believe the report of the Lord, I am forming like a remnant upon which the blessing of God can pour into the earth. So, for example, like Nigeria now, God needs men and women who will believe his report. In Nigeria, God needs men and women who will believe his report. And if these men and women believe his report long enough, it is by them that his blessing will pour onto the earth. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. And that was why I said, when I was starting, I said, that if you check the book of Hebrews, there was nobody that did not really end up well with God whose name is found there. But you know something? People have used Samson. People have used Samson to say that even though Samson lived the life, I, of course, you know the man, trying to say that even though Samson lived the life he lived, his name was still found among the heroes of faith in the book of Hebrews. And the people began to shout. Wait, how is that a revelation? People began to shout. 
that his name was still it was what he said that ended it for me. He said that Samson who slept, slept with a woman, slept with a prostitute, did this, did that, did this, did this. And at the end of the day, his name was still found in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. And people began to shout. He now said, go on, enjoy your life. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> but you see, if you want to reach, if you, want to, if you want to draw out a principle from scripture, first, you know, the Bible, preaching is supposed to be an, an intercourse of truth, right? Every time a person is preaching, what the person is supposed to be spewing out is truth. But the first, the first, the first foundation is spewing out truth is that you must also get your facts correct. Amen? So it's not just that you are being preoccupied with preaching truth. You must also get your facts. You need to get your your what your facts. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Number one, if you check all the marriages that Samson had apart from the ordination and the ordinances of God, it failed. The marriage he had with the Philistine failed. Now his relationship with Delilah was one that cost him his hair. His hair was cut off. At the end of the day, his eyes were taken out. If you, if you remember, and he, he became an object of sport to the Philistines. He became an object of sport to the Philistines. The Philistines were, the Bible made us understand that they kept him in their temple. And they were having a, you know, you know, they were having a feast. And what they came, and, what, and the sight they were enjoying was to enjoy the person who so greatly troubled them. They were enjoying the sight of him being dejected and, and reduced to a vegetable. That was the sight they were enjoying. But let us open somewhere. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Mama, Mama, Amen. Sorry, I, I just want to get a scripture out to us. All right, Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. <laughs> verse 20 verse 20 right so the bible says that and she said that's Delilah the Philistines be upon thee Samson and he awoke out of his sleep and said I will go out as other times and before and shake myself and he wist not that the Lord was departed from him so when his hair was cut off what happened his the Lord was the Lord departed from him, right? Right? Yeah. Verse 21 says, But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. 
So they took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass and he did grind in the prison house. He did grind in the prison house. 22. Now, we need to begin to pay keen attention here. 22 says, How be it the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Now, this begins to indicate to us that a restoratory process had begun. Right? 23 now says, Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God and to rejoice. For they said, Our God had delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, Our God had delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. 25. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson that he may make us sport, in order for him to amuse us, for us to catch fun with him. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport. And they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and of all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld why Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two pillars upon which the house stood, and on which it was born of, of the one with his right hand and of the one with his left hand. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his lifetime. Praise the name of Jesus. So when he didn't just die in vegetable grinding in the Philistine, in the prison of the Philistines. The Bible said the hair of his hair began to grow again. And then he cried to the Lord to strengthen him. And then that feat of strength was achieved. And the people he slew in the entire of his life were not to be compared to the people he slew at the point of his death. And of course, that was victory for the Lord, even though he himself died. So what am I trying to say? Samson did not die rejoicing in his iniquity. Very key. He did not die rejoicing in his iniquity. Had he been there, took him to the prison house and he was there and then he died. They would now say, oh, if you, if you now bring out a point like that, but we saw that at the end of the day, he was able to he was able to manifest divine strength from the Lord. So when you use when you now begin to use people like Samson to buttress the fact that you can live anyhow, no. And what was the good report that Samson got through faith? 
the good report was that the people he slew in his death was more than the people he slew in his lifetime. That was the good report. So when faith entered into the equation, that was when he asked the Lord to strengthen him. When you're not writing that, it's shocking, sir. Solomon is not in the book of Hebrews 11. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. God will grant unto us grace in Jesus' name. So it is by faith that we obtain a good report. Verse 3 of Hebrews 11 now says to us, it says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which do appear were not made of things which are seen. And I wrote down here in my notes, the second point I want to talk about is that it is through faith that we understand. It is through faith that we understand. It is through faith that we understand. We understand through faith. The believer, the believer has not been designed in a way that he can live any of his life Sorry, that you can live in any aspect of his life without faith. We don't have that luxury. We don't have that luxury. Every one of our understanding is supposed to be powered and engineered by faith. In other words, if I'm analyzing, of course, we already know this, but let me still say it. If I'm analyzing something and I'm not calling, I'm not calling into consideration what the Lord has said about it, then truly I do not really understand what is happening. If I, I want to understand something and I'm not trying to understand it through the lens of God, then I've not really gotten understanding of it. Meaning that if I understand the thing so much so that I don't require faith in God for that thing to work, then really I have my understanding darkened. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. It is by faith we understand. And when we were starting this series, we said something. We said by, that it is by faith that we... Con- I, I was saying something about the spirit realm, the reality of the spirit realm. And I said a lot of the things, or, or everything that we are doing in Christianity is predicated upon this belief that there is another realm apart from the realm that can be seen. Right? We said that. But everything that we are doing is predicated upon the fact that there is another realm that cannot be seen more than the one that can be seen. And the way to switch into the frequency of that realm is faith. Now, if I switch into that realm that cannot be seen by faith, I am not supposed to be interpreting life from that realm that cannot be seen because the Bible says it is, it is by faith to understand that the things that were made were not made of the things we do exist. So if I want to understand the things that exist, I have to tap my understanding from the realm that cannot be seen. From the realm that cannot be seen. So there are a lot of things that we see now. A lot of things that we see now and we may not be able to tell the full scope of... And you know, just looking at it with eyesight... Our reaction 
our reaction will be the exact reaction that the average man out there will have. Until we tune to that frequency of faith. Amen. In other words, when something comes, or when something confronts one of us, everyone, like we're talking about childbirth and childbearing, because they know that a man can meet with a woman and produce a child, we had that same preacher again. See, God will help us all. Said that it is not God that gives children. Haba. Something that even somebody that has never been to the four walls of the church knows. But let me stay, but let me come back to my message, Jared. So what, what I was trying to say is this. That issues like childbearing, if you understand biology, you will you can almost guess. In short, people know they have they have come up with terms and um, you know, the, the period where a, a woman is highly likely to be pregnant. What's the uh-huh, you know the ovulation period and all of that? The, the woman is highly likely, you know, to get married to get to to. And so when when a man is strong, I know sometimes when when you give birth, I say what what um, what did God give you? No, 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 to ask. You say what did you give birth to? They say I give birth to a boy. They say strong man. Have you heard that before? Strong man. I think it's by strength. But back to our gist. So because they know how this thing works, it has almost come to a point where God is factored out of the equation of childbearing. So much so that now we can we can <laughs> we can analyze we can analyze how a child is going to be born. We can analyze. These are the number of children that we have. We can also analyze that these are the spacing we are going to give to them. And so it looks as if everything is dependent on man and from man. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Except that the scripture said to Jeremiah, it said, before you were formed, why were your mothers from I knew you? Before you were created, before you were formed, he said, I sanctify and ordained you a prophet unto the nations. And like Yorodoma said, he said you were first God's plan before you, before you became God's man. But you know what this causes? If you think that you just appeared on the scene just because of the physical activities that happened, you will not bother to find out the reason why God gave you life. Which is what the devil wants us to buy. The devil wants us to buy a thought process. A thought process that says everything that I have in the physical came from the physical, is powered, for the, is powered by the physical, has its origin from the physical. And if the devil gets us to acknowledge this and believe this, it will mean that the original purposes of things we will not know it. So now you, have, you got a job. Right, you got a job in a, in a oil company or in a private firm or in a big firm, and you are in that company, and you check why did I get this job? I have a good result. The test came, I did very well. The interview, I installed the questions, and now I've gotten the job. If you think that is the sole purpose, sorry, if you think that was the sole reason for which you got the job, you will not bother to find out why did God put me here. Praise the name of Jesus. 
So if you do not correctly esteem the origin of a blessing, the origin of a gift, you will not know the purpose of it. And this is the reason why a lot of people are abusing this institution called marriage. Because they think marriage is just for us to, when we do boyfriend and girlfriend long enough, then we will marry, then we will just give it to children, then we will just be enjoying our life, then we will take pictures. And they will be married and live their life like that, not fully achieving the purpose for which they came together. And this is what faith does for you. Faith makes you to understand that the things that I am seeing today, the things that I have today, did not come as a result of my toiling and my labor. There is an unseen realm that had powered what I am seeing here today. And if it is, it, what I am seeing today was powered by an unseen realm, why would the unseen realm power it? Why would the unseen realm power it? So now you are in that place where you walk, that place where you teach. And it will look as if, you know, everything is good, you know, the school is fine, everything is fine. Until you realize that there was a purpose for which that unseen realm powered it for you to be at that particular point in time, you will not be able to maximize the fullness of it. For example, my brother is here in Lokoja. And you know, there's a possibility where you say, okay, okay, I have, I have a friend here, so I just said that and then when I came, then when I came to this place, then we, I just stayed, then I just, I just liked the place, I just liked the place, I said, let me remain, then I just remained. You know what the Bible calls things like that? The Bible calls him the voice of the foolish. That's what the Bible calls things like that. Whereas you have all the facts and all the details correct, and somebody might even, you might even write it in a book, and somebody will read it and say, ah, I'm greatly inspired. Wow. That's why you must have network, network of friends. And you totally miss the point because it was the voice of foolishness that you gave. However, if God, if, if you bother to switch on the frequency of faith, when things come to you, when you are confronted with any situation, the first thing that comes to your mind is, why is this thing happening? Why? The first thing that comes to mind is why? So now we have a baby, right? And she's a girl. You don't just say, eh, you know, we came together, both of us are young now. Uh, so, uh, both of us are young. So, uh, and me, I, I know they, I'm a sharpshooter, I know they take time. They are now we have a baby girl. That is why, it, and if you leave your children in that realm of the natural, that's why you are going to produce Nikon poops. Nikon poops. And a lack of faith is the is a lack of faith is the is the foundation of carnality. A lack of faith. <laughs> but if we understand that this baby was not made of the things which do appear, then we will not begin to inquire that why have you given us this child at such a time as this? I have a lot of friends, I have some friends that are married. I have some friends that are not married. I myself, I married quite early. And I've never at any point think that, oh, I'm making more progress in life than my friends because me are married and they are not. The only thing I think when I think about marriage, you know the only thing I I usually used to think that there was a purpose for why God made me to settle this early. 
Why is that purpose? We will not begin to inquire. That is why you need faith. That is why you need faith. Now, you know what I'm talking about? Some of the delicate, delicateness that had happened in the history of Israel. Now, if Joshua was not a man of faith, when they were discomfited by that people of I, he would never think that there is iniquity in the camp. He would never. He would say, ah, we have not been training hard. I'm not been training hard. From tomorrow, from tomorrow, all the soldiers, from tomorrow, we are going to be training nine, nine hours. If you like, train 24 hours. If that iniquity is there, you go back to the children of I, you will still be discomfited. That's what, that's what we're talking about. People can be living their lives in circles and cycles. Like that, like that, like that. Because no one has bothered to ask, where is God my maker? Why is God my maker in all of these things? If I go to the office tomorrow and they say you have been fired, the first thing I should think as a man of faith is why? Why, 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 why? You know, you know that's the first thing, why? You don't just say, you know, it's bank. They can downsize anytime. God calls it the voice of foolishness. If you go for an interview and you didn't get the job, when you come back, you say, why? You ask, you ask questions like, ah, why? Because you know that there's a, there's a realm that is responsible for all of these things. So why, 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 why? What's happening? You don't just say nepotism in this country. You know me, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm from the East now. It's only northern people that they used to take in all this federal government job. It's the voice of foolishness. It's the voice of foolishness. So it is by faith we understand. And until we switch on the frequency of faith for everything in our life, we will not bother to ask why. And if we don't bother to ask why, we will never find the purpose for which for which we have what we have, or we are where we are. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Glory be to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. So by the grace of God, next week we'll, begin, we'll, we'll go more, we'll go into verse 4, and all of that, and I'm trusting God that we'll take it down. Take it down. Even though today we really make a lot of progress, but we trust God, we we'll think of a better plan to, to make a lot of progress. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. amen and amen. Let us begin to talk to the Lord. Let us.